0: When I started this company 19 years ago, after taking a family business, growing it from about, you know, call it three and a half four million half, 4 million to $50 million. Did that in a pretty short period of time, nine years, and then left that business. And 19 years ago, started this one. And on day one, all entrepreneurs can appreciate this. I kissed my wife and I said, honey, I'm gonna go out meet with my mentor and go, you know, talk about the next business we're gonna start and I came home with a 4,000 square foot lease, 11 employees, and a $55,000 a month burn. And my, my wife was like, honey, <laughs> you said you were just gonna go hang out with Bill. And I'm like,
1: baby, I'm, I'm in action. What's up y'all you're listening to the carrot cast podcast, the podcast with a funny name, but a big mission. We help thousands of real estate investors and agents grow rock solid mindsets, do better marketing so that you can build a business of freedom and impact. I'm your host, Trevor Mock. Let's dive into today's episode. What's up y'all. We're coming back at you with the last final session of the carrot summit for this year. And we've had some amazing, amazing guests throughout the summit, both on the investor side, on the agent side, and what we call hybrids. Tons and tons of the hybrid action here at Carrot, where both investors and agents are working together, or you're one in the same, really solving the problem for the sellers and buyers even better. And so before we wrap up the summit, uh, you you guys have had a chance to really learn how to get more leads, how to build a business, how to win back more of that freedom uh, in your business as an entrepreneur. And one of the guys that I've really looked up to for many, many years in this space, uh, especially on the real estate agent space, I've, I've got on to close this out today uh, on a really big hike. So I want to make sure that everyone isn't just taking this event and, and has a bunch of notes and you go on your merry way doing exactly what you were doing when you started this event. I want to make sure that when you guys are leaving this event, uh, you actually go and take action. You actually go and take not just motivation, but you take uh, you take the actual action plan with the motivation and couple it up into momentum. So I'm going to introduce you guys to today's guest uh, to close this out in the summit, Mr. Tom Ferry, the number one real estate coach in, I'm going to say the world. I'm going to say the world, number one real estate agent coach in the world. And uh, welcome on the summit, man. Pumped to have you on here.
0: Hey Trevor, thank you so much, and hey everybody, how about a nice round of applause for uh, the Carrot Crew for throwing on such a great event?
1: Dude, let's go! It, dude.
0: Right, let's go, man!
1: Right behind the wall, they've been they've been running it back here. We got Brady, Braden, and the rest of the crew. So Tom, outstanding, dude! I'm 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 pumped to have you on here for for several reasons. We're going to talk about um, a little bit of you know how the market is changing and how is that in- yeah. impacting, especially the retail side. Uh, I want to talk about you know, how can people leave this event and really take what they've, what they've learned and put it to action because you're one of the best in the world with that. Um, but first I want to dig in and let you introduce yourself for those, especially in the investor side that may not sure. be as familiar. And then we're going to dig into some really actionable stuff. So Tom, who, who the heck are you for everyone who might not know who you are, which isn't a whole lot of them?
0: Well, first of all, thank you. And, uh, and look, I think the fast version would be if you Google me, you could really see everything. Yep. Um, i was born and raised in Southern California. Both my parents worked at Disneyland. Uh, my dad flunked out of college as a speech and communication major, which is kind of funny because he became a pretty notorious public speaker for the last like almost 50 years. Yep. Uh, mom was, as I mentioned, working at Disneyland. So she was a Mouseketeer, like, you know, before the really, TV I show, like that. she was one of those, like pulled out of the lineup <laughs> by Walt Disney and basically said, hey, you know, you 5'11 girl, go walk around all the people that are, you know, showing them the parks, right? Yep. So I kind of grew up in this interesting environment where on one hand, I had this crazy high-powered entrepreneur, and on the other hand, I had this crazy artist. You know, I'd come home every day, and they'd be like, the sound of music we would be playing on the record player, right? And my dad would be trying to figure out, how do I take over the world? So it was, mm-hmm. it was the perfect environment for someone like myself, who is both an entrepreneur's entrepreneur, as well as a high creative, right? Yep. If I were to summarize my entire life, I would probably wrap it around the book by Dr. Carol Dweck, The Growth Mindset, Hmm. right? And it was only a couple years ago when I read that book, but it really crystallized my entire upbringing, my experience, all the mentors I've had, all the coaches I've had, and all the businesses now that I've invested in. So, Trevor, I've had uh, about a 1,000 people pitch me on investing in their startup. I've invested in 90 of them. i've had seven triggers already like many of you out there i'm also a real estate investor i just Mm -hmm. uh, i'm closing on you know knock on wood an 89 unit building uh down in galveston Uh, i just bought a nineplex here in dallas so uh, i've loaned money to a lot of fix and flipper friends of mine but the core of my business today is working with people that want to figure out a little bit of mindset and a whole lot of strategy Mm -hmm. whether it is top of funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel conversion, which you guys crush at. So kudos to you, whether it's on the investor side or the agent side, or today, one of the bigger trends is how do we help people build the right team so they can leverage their life and not just be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I say that not from like theory. I say it from when I started this company 19 years ago, after taking a family business, Mm -hmm. growing it from about, you know, call it three and a half, four million to $50 million, did that in a pretty short period of time, nine years, and then left that business and 19 years ago started this one. Hmm. And on day one, all entrepreneurs can appreciate this. I kissed my wife and I said, honey, I'm going to go out and meet with my mentor and go, you know, talk about the next business we're going to start. And I came home with a 4,000 square foot lease, 11 employees and a (laughs) $55,000 a month burn. And my, my wife was like, honey, (laughs) <laughs> you said you were just going to go hang out with Bill. And yeah. I'm like, baby, I'm, I'm in action. So today we have almost 400 people in the company. Oh. We're in 29 countries around the world. Uh, I am the CEO, but really what I am is the chief strategist, mm-hmm. not just for the company, as well as for now today, nearly 15,000 clients, as I mentioned, in 29 countries, coaches in seven countries. So basically, Trevor, I spent all day long in the problem.
1: Yep. Does that sound familiar? Oh, 100%. 10%. Right?
0: Everybody came to this event because they had a, an, you know, an itch to scratch, mm-hmm. but more than likely you had a problem yep. you were trying to solve. So, I hope today we could talk a little bit about management methodology and we could talk about the five and three concept. And I might just, I'll, I'll share the five and three and then we'll get into whatever questions you have. Let's do it. But So, I just finished, um, let's say I've done three live events so far this year where we were in person, right? Mm-hmm. So, I had a couple thousand people in las vegas and then a couple thousand people watching virtually around the world and as the event ended like yours is ending today everybody had a ton of ideas and and let's be clear the ideas are from the great presenters right from the ceo here trevor it's from the other guest speakers it's from the people that you meet online and offline that are sharing their experiences you know we are the kind of people that we absorb all these ideas but here's the hook how many of you actually have more time to do more stuff mm. so so i say let's find the five most important things that will move the needle for you and you have to define what moves the needle is it is it more deals to hedge against inflation is it helping more buyers and sellers if you're on the residential side is it you know building up a portfolio that you ultimately want to sell is it creating incremental margins on your fix and flips right is it finding another lead source well, all those different ideas mm-hmm. require time and intention and focus. Yep. So here's the thing I say to people. All right. So I'm a CEO, right? You're the CEO of your business. I don't have any more time mm-hmm. for a new idea unless I say, here's the new five things. What are the three things we're no longer going to do?
1: Gotcha. That's, you, that's,
0: you've got to be honest with yourself, right? So, so Trevor, um, a buddy of mine called me recently and he said, hey, Um, let's do a 30-day, one-hour meditation challenge. And I said, that is such a cool idea. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) And he said, what do you mean? Like, you're not going to do it with me? I'm like, brother, I already get up at 4.45 in the morning. I'm not going to now get up at 3.45. Like, I'm making that choice. And there's nothing in my calendar that I can remove. Mm. So, So it's a great idea. I just don't have time for it. Mm. And I really want to stress to everybody, you got all these ideas. You now have to go back and look at your business and say, when this conference is over, okay, what do I do that's no longer maximum leverage?
1: Mm. Yep.
0: What am I involved in that is no longer what we would all call the highest and best use of your time, Mm. right? You got to be honest about it, right? There was a time in my career When if somebody said, hey, Tom, will you come to an office meeting and speak to 30 agents and talk about what your events, you know, events are doing and what you guys are all about? And I would say, yes, I'm trying to do 15 of those a week. And I did that for the first three years. But at a certain point, as good as that was for my business to build in the beginning, it was no longer the highest and best use of my time. It was better for me to hire an army of salespeople to leverage. The same thing applies to you, right? Like, are you out actively looking for deals every single day or are you trying to level up and spend more time with developers or for the investors, more time with agents to say, what do you see? What are the opportunities? Let me be your first. It's all about leveling up. So again, high level, you're going to add five things. You got to remove three that are no longer the highest and best use of your time that make sense
1: dude i i I absolutely love that because guys and gals the the thing here the thing here is it simplifies number one we're we're not saying to go do 10 things we're not saying just to just even just pick the one do the five rank order them and impact rank order them and and whatever's gonna be most important to your business but the thing that most people don't talk about which tom did which the five three is important is remove three uh take the three at the bottom uh, that are the least impact or they're draining your energy the most. That's what I really like to focus on yeah. is what drains my energy. And and like we talked uh, early, earlier in the summit, you all go after the things that give you energy, add value yeah. to the world, and then find those people uh, to plug into your team uh, where, where they can do the things that drain your energy and gives them energy. Um, I love it, man. The, the five, three. Dude, I've got a couple of questions for you. So yeah. on, on that, on that, on that note right there, you've been amazing at building teams. You, you mentioned it before yeah. as well that that's one of the things that you focus on with your clients in a big, big way is yeah. building teams. We've got um, a lot of mutual clients, the Far Group out of. Uh, out of oh, of yes, such, such amazing people. And yeah. I've, I've seen them from the start go from just Chris and Aaron to building a team. And what, what advice would you give as people are looking at their their five things they're going to be doing, the five things they're going to stop doing. Uh, if they're a solo operator right now as an agent or as an investor, or maybe they have a person or two, what are the first couple of things you would suggest as people should be building up that team?
0: So it's interesting. I just completed a two-day workshop, the second uh, the second big event of the year in Nashville. Yep. Um, had a lot of people there in all various states, probably like you have here. Um, I had one particular gentleman in the room who has 1,600 agents and 40 mm. support staff. Um, I had the number one brokerage in all of Georgia, the CEO of the company, Dan, my personal client. I've had the CEO of Home Services, piping in throughout it, he has 90,000 agents, right? You know, home services, Berkshire Hathaway, commercial division, investment division, mortgage company, title, escrow, et cetera, to brand new agents sitting inside the room. Mm -hmm. And my answer is always the same. You ready? Number one, you need to hire a personal assistant slash operations. The person that's going to take the mundane tasks and convert them into software, into routines. So you're no longer working from memory but instead you're working by design. Mm. So that first assistant, right? And and in the beginning, look, as an investor, I think of my mom who's never really had a job. She's 76 years old. She owns hundreds of properties, uh, lots of commercial real estate. She came here from Honolulu, Trevor, at 18 years old, right? Little, you know, ukulele in hand, as she says, you know, full, you know, full Polynesian. And her first boss of the only job she's really ever had was a guy named Billy, who's a family friend who owns 5,000 homes. Between Santa Barbara and San Diego. Mm. And he taught her how to, buy, how to buy real estate with no money down. Now, yep. that's, that's going way back in the days. Carlton
1: Sheets stuff right there. Carlton
0: Sheets, brother. <laughs> you got it, right? The original infomercial. Yep. So, so when, her, when her and I were sitting down one day and we were talking about building a family office, the first thing I said is, okay, mom, I love you. I've, I've been inside your office. There's 7,000 sticky notes, 500 yellow notepads, and files everywhere. And some of those files have checks in them. Yep. So this is not an organized office. We need an assistant, right? And everyone says the same thing, including my mom. I can't afford it. It's too hard. No one could do it better than me. Look up here. Shut the beep up. You with me? <laughs> Anybody could do it better than you. But more importantly, it frees you up to do your highest and best. Mm. So that's the first role. The second role is either for the investor or the agent, ready, transactional support or analyst, mm. transactional support or analyst, or a marketing coordinator. Yep. Transaction support or analyst, and I, I'm, I'm bifurcating those between agent, transaction support, investor, analyst, okay. right? If you have that role, now you're like this, okay, I've got my assistant in place, I'm out leveraging, I'm out networking, I'm out meeting and greeting, I'm out looking at deals, I'm out trying to find listings, trying to find sales. I'm doing my highest and best, right? Mm -hmm. But now I've got transaction support or an analyst. So when I go, hey, look, look, I got another one. You're handing it Mm -hmm. off to somebody else who's an expert at going through the process, whether it's the analyst who's gonna look at the deal, right? Create a you know, a spreadsheet on it. Let's look at all the numbers, look at the rents and everything else. Does it make sense, right? Especially with supply chain issues right now that we're dealing with and how long it takes to get products, et cetera. So someone doing that, or that marketing coordinator who's going to spend all of their time making sure you have enough top of funnel opportunities, hmm. middle of funnel nurturing, and bottom of funnel conversion right? The whole game, every business is basically sales and innovation, right? Which you could argue it's marketing and innovation. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of the investors that I know now understand guys, like Tarek's been a pal forever. Uh, Jesse who had vintage flip, he and his wife, Jesse's been a client since he was an REO guy back in 2007. So I've lots of clients that are on all the television shows that whether it's the fix and flip stuff, or it's just the million dollar listing stuff, every single one of them, needs to have somebody managing their marketing because you got a ton of ideas, yep. but the second you go, okay, now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start doing this on TikTok. I'm gonna start doing this on email. The mm-hmm. second you're doing that, even though marketing is a leverage point, mm-hmm. it's still not the highest and best. Yep. So I would say you start there and then investor or agent, once you have that in place, your business is gonna double and probably triple mm-hmm. Think about everyone watching right now, because what happens if you have nothing else to do except find deals, find appointments, you know, go on presentations, negotiate deals, do the follow up and convert. If that's all you have to do, then that's all you have to do. Hmm. So you know what you do? You do that all day long and you become (laughs) a cash cow versus a fading winner, which is what some people are, right? Like they know they should do it, but they they can't. They can't leverage themselves. So at the end of it, then you know what you do? On the investor side, we would call them bird dogs. You get a bunch of bird dogs that are out finding deals for you. And on the agent side, you're hiring a sales agent or five to leverage the buyers or the parts of town that you don't want to go to or the price ranges you don't want to go to. And that's how you win. I love it. That's a long answer to a a very complex question. But, hey, if that's common sense to you, but it's not common practice. Mm -hmm. Then it ain't common sense to you,
1: <laughs> dude. This is so good, man. I, I, guys, I wrote my, down my chicken scratch here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna recite it back for y'all because, like we said, as as <clears throat> as we've gone through with the whole summit, we've been teaching you guys online marketing, uh, offline marketing, you know, evergreen marketing, which is what we focus on here at Carrot, uh, mobile home, the agent side of the business, on retail uh, or on the sellers and buyers. We've been teaching you multifamily on this with my friend and client Tim Bratz, uh, uh, guys there's lots of ideas, but we're primarily focusing. On how do you build a business that, that gives you the freedom to be able to make impact that you want to make in the world? And one of the biggest ways to get freedom y'all is exactly what Tom walked through yeah. is you have to build some sort of a team. And, and, uh, my executive assistant, Jen, you guys had a chance to be on a session with her, uh, today as well. She's been in my EA for over 10 years now, right at 10 years now. And so take what Tom said, go get that first client. If you have that business coming in, actually a right. question for you, Tom here. Um, at what point should someone hire that first person is there a revenue number for you that, that you're like hey this is kind of the trigger or uh, any other thing you look at i,
0: I hired 11 people on day 1 <laughs> so i'm probably the wrong person to ask yeah um but you know typically what happens is you get on a run rate of let's call it $100,000 in gross fees mm-hmm. and once you're at that run rate you cool. have to level you have to level up or you get stuck
1: yep 100%. so so
0: there's there's no it's more it's really more about um resources versus being resourceful, mm-hmm. right? I've watched a ton of people literally go, hey, there's 700 college campuses near me. I'm going to go post something on, on their, you know, whether it's digital board or on the actual boards, it says, learn to make $100,000 a year from real estate, right? I'm taking on one intern for the next 120 days. Yep. And just like that, you got free help. That's being resourceful, it. right? I tell people all the time, if you have like a 22-year-old who's sitting in your basement, smoking weed and playing video games, there's your first assistant, yep. right? They're probably tech savvy. You can get them to work. Like be resourceful. Don't don't blame resources, right? Instead, figure out a way. Because if you don't, Trevor, you're a CEO. I'm a CEO. We spend all day long getting punched in the face with problems, yep. right? We thrive on it. Whoever solves the most problems makes the most money,
1: period. Mm. Love it love it man guys go get the ea use our session from from uh from this summer on the ea number two uh transactional support whether you're an agent or an investor uh and that might look like marketing support transactional support you go out there and be the rainmaker, close the deals have people supporting you on the back end and then number three to scale things up then you go out there and get more people to then bring in more deals bird dogs on the investor side sales agents on the agent side guys that's your map right there uh for building up that team and gaining back more of the freedom this year uh, Tom, a couple more questions, man. Mm-hmm. I've got one mindset question, then one market question. Then we're going to wrap yeah. this puppy into a bow. Yeah. And um, the market question first, we're going to end on the mindset. So uh, you're really, really deep in with a lot of, of, of your clients on the real estate agent side of things, retail yes. side of things. Yep. Where, do you, where do you see the market um, going with your the best version of a crystal ball that you've got? Uh, where do you see the market going and the challenges and opportunities that are going to be posed for all of the real estate industry?
0: Your timing on this question is rather uh, perfect. I literally just interviewed Ivy Zellman, the oracle of housing, commercial, mm. residential, mortgage, everything, um, for, for an hour, uh, like literally you know, 25 minutes ago. So um, I asked Ivy this question. I said, okay, inflation, inventory, interest rates, and a war. Mm. Are we going into a correction? That's how the interview started. Mm. Do you want to know the simple answer?
1: 100%, yeah. She said, no. Mm, yep. Yep.
0: Now when Ivy Zellman is that definitive. And again, if you don't know who Ivy Zellman is, you should Google her. Um, she has a free newsletter. All of you should sign up for it on, on both sides, investors, et cetera. We talked about, for example, one of the things today. So we had 9% more transactions in the U S in residential last year than the year prior, 100% of the 9% increase came from, you ready? Here's my notes. Uh, Private investors, second homeowners, fix and flippers, mm-hmm. SFR multi groups, and institutional buyers. Yep. So, so I always say, especially when I look at like the KKRs of the world and all these other companies that are investing and buying as much property as they can, why are they doing that? They're buying it because it is the greatest hedge against inflation. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the greatest hedge. Mm-hmm. When I asked her, will we see a spike in REOs? Right. We literally, her and I, you know, because I've known her for a long time, we chatted about the fact that we all understand that um, people getting kicked out of their houses has been happening since the beginning of time. It is just a part of the economy. Mm -hmm. Rents going up and making it less affordable for people happens all the time. It's Mm -hmm. just a part of housing. REOs are also just a part of housing because of the moratorium on payments during the pandemic. A lot of people that probably should have been foreclosed on weren 't foreclosed on mm-hmm. so now, when you read a headline that says hundred percent you know year over year growth in uh, in foreclosures, it went from one to two, yep. but be clear, if you go back and you 're a student of this business, we know for the last forty years about two hundred thousand houses on average get foreclosed on every quarter in the u s yep the only time that got spiked was obviously. 8, 9, 10. there was a big increase there and that was 100%, you know, the banks, right? We'll just blame the banks. And then obviously during this time period, it dropped to nothing because of the moratorium. Yep. So the simple answer is I'm going to keep buying as much real estate as I can. I'm telling all my clients, innovation is the solution today. We cannot rest on our laurels. We have to continually find new ways to deliver value to our customers and value today is the removal of uncertainty. Yep. If you yep. don't write that down, yep. I don't care if you're talking to an investor or a 60 year old seller who's thinking about selling their house and making a down payment for their kid to buy a home and buy their home in a sand state. Uncertainty is what kills businesses today for people that don't understand you're an educational source for buyers and sellers. Mm. You're an educational source when you're talking to that investor about why you're the right person for yep. this property, why they should do the deal with you and not somebody else, especially because so many of the investment deals today are off market. Mm. If you're not leaning in today to learning everything you can about the micro and macro economy of real estate, of housing, you're just you're putting yourself behind the eight ball. So uh, here's a fun fact, Trevor, maybe you don't know. Last year I spent a fortune on trying to find the correlations of who's selling the most houses in the US in real estate on the residential side. Would it shock you to hear that across all MLSs in the US, the top 1% of agents sold 17.5% of all the homes, Dude. and the yep. top 25% of agents in all MLSs were responsible for 73.5% of all the volume, transactions, GCI, et cetera. It has never been this bifurcated. It is truly yep. the rich and the rest. And it's hard to argue against what you guys do. Great marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Great personal brand, but they know what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. They know yep. what they're talking about. They can talk intelligently with a first-time buyer about what it takes to write an offer and not have to write 15 to finally get one accepted. Yep. They know how to work with that seller. So long answer, I'm very bullish on the next two to four years. Will we see certain marketplaces like Boise, Idaho, slow down? Shit, I hope so. <laughs> They've had 40% appreciation in the last two years. Yeah. Are we starting to see the Houston market residential and some of the places slow down a little bit? Austin? Hell yes. Yep. The world moved to these places. Nashville, not yet, but eventually. Mm-hmm. But slow down doesn't mean correction. It means normalize.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the difference. Spot on right there, man. And guys, that that's one of the biggest takeaways I want you guys to have from our market conversations during Summit. And we've been saying that the same thing. Things are going to be normalizing a lot more, yeah. which is going to create a lot of opportunity, but also it's going to create right. challenges for people who aren't willing to change. And one of the yeah. things that Tom's amazing at, I want you guys to go follow him on YouTube, follow him on, on Instagram. We'll put it through the chat box for you guys. Amazing at video marketing. And one of the things that, that you guys should and could be doing, like we've talked about in Summit, uh, we were digging up our data the other day here at carrot and we're looking at what is the highest conversion highest converting um, traffic source of all the traffic that's coming into our clients. You know, millions of visitors a month come into our clients' websites, yeah. hundreds of thousands of, of of seller leads and buyer leads come in. The the highest converting traffic source of all of them, not the highest by volume, but highest converting is YouTube by far. Uh, over 8% of all the traffic from YouTube ends up landing and converting on a carrot site as an opt-in lead. That doesn't even include the phone call leads, guys. So uh, double down on YouTube. We talked about it here. Go Follow Tom. He's amazing at that, and that's also how one of the ways you're going to stand out and show that you have the expertise, show that you have the the skills to solve their problem well. Um, Hey, by the way, you just
0: synthesized Chad Holmes, uh, the late great Chad Holmes. I don't know if you ever met. Dude,
1: amazing, ultimate sales machine. Right. Oh, good.
0: What was rule number one? Educational marketing converts the highest. Whoever is the educator is the one that converts. Right. Whether it's on the investment side, residential side, mortgage doesn't make a difference. So, spot on.
1: I love it. So you well, want to talk a little
0: mindset? Because I know we got to be mindful of time.
1: Let, let's do it, man. Let's, let's pull this into a close. And Tom, I, I want to toss it over to you. So with the thousands of people tapping into the summit, what's the biggest thing that they can take away uh, mindset-wise that successful clients of yours are doing? And uh, let's send, send people off in the summit with an yeah. amazing way. we got a closing session right after this, guys. But uh, Tom, take cool. it away, man.
0: So I'll, I'll tell you a story. So I'm, uh, I'm 51. So when I was like 39... My kids would have been about eight and ten, and a friend of mine, you know, a big time risky developer, calls me. This must have been now almost oof, eighteen years ago, and says, "I just bought a piece of land between Cabo San Lucas and La Paz," and he's like, "I want you to fly down and see it." So long before I took my kids, I fly down there, and we're standing up on this hill, we're looking down at this mile and a half bay, and the bay. I'm like, "What's the name of the bay?" And he's like, "Bahia de los Muertos." And I was like, dude, I don't speak a lot of Spanish, but that sounds like Bay of the Dead, right? Yeah. I go, not a good marketing name. He's like, <laughs> I know. I said, what are you going to call it? He goes, "Bahia de los Sueños. And I was like, oh, Bay of the Dreams. Mm-hmm. And so because he's a CEO and he's a client, you know, he ended up selling his company to Warren Buffett for like a hundred million bucks, like super guy. So, so we're working together. Long story short... He invites me down to do a couple of days with him on marketing and a couple of his top, you know, team leaders and marketing people. And so we're there and it's a beautiful setting, as you can imagine. He says, you know, bring your in-laws, who I love, and bring your boys, bring your wife. So we're all there. And we go down to the little, you know, Mexican restaurant, kind of down on the beach. And literally we're walking back to his 60,000 square foot, you know, under Palapa's, you know, mega mansion. And all beautiful. But it's like, you know, 10, 30, 11 at night. My wife says, I'm beat. My in-laws are exhausted. Clearly had too many margaritas. They go up and I say to the boys, you guys want to play on the beach? They're like, yeah, right? You know, eight and 10, right? Mm-hmm. So we're on the beach. We're just messing around, but it's not like a beach with big crashing waves. It's yeah. a bay. So just trickling water, moonlight, a million stars. All of you should do this one time in your life. I don't care how old your kids are that or get it. somebody else's kids, rent them for a night, do this because it was just magical, right? But what happened was, Eventually we were just laying there on the ground, looking at the stars. And my younger son is that kid that kind of like me, if he lays down, he's asleep. Mm. So Trevor, he's gone, right? Yep. Right. Seventh heaven. My older boy says, daddy, how many stars are there? Mm. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I said, but there's this old tale that says if you put your thumb up like this and you all maybe someone did this with you. And they say, yep. that just crossed out a million stars, mm. you know? So what's a, Very bright 10-year-old dude. He puts both hands up, feet in the air, and says, how many is that? And I was like, (laughs) a gazillion, right? And then he says, hey, dad, how old is the earth? Hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I didn't have like Siri back then to just easily, you know, right? So I was like, you know, Michael, I said, I'd read in USA Today about a rock that they had found in Minnesota that, you know, again, I'm not a geologist, but they were able to read the the layers. And I said, it basically said the rock was like, you know, several trillion years old. Hmm. And he was like, trillion. How many zeros is that? And I was like, all right, man, let's go find a stick and literally cover under the moonlight, under the stars, on this little, you know, beautiful pristine bay, he goes, one zero zero, comma, zero, 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 comma zero, 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 comma zero, 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 comma, zero, zero, zero. And he's like, that's a lot of zeros, dad. And I go, right. And then he goes, How old are you? And I was like, thirty-eight? Huh, uh, <laughs> you know, right. So in yeah. perfect math, he writes 38 under the the very last two uh, you know, digits. Mm. And then he says to me, how will you be when you die? <laughs> and I was like, man, that's kind of a heavy question. I said, well, you know, Michael, there's somebody in India right now that's 113. Mm-hmm. I said, but you know, like Papa's generation, World War II vet, right? Like stormed the beaches, all that experience. I said, most of those guys were dying like, at like 50, but today, you know, most women will live to be, you know, 89 or 90 and most men are dying at like 82, 83 is kind of the norm. Even though Trevor, you and I both know, Dr. Peter Diamandis, who's pushing the envelope, saying we're all going to live to be 150. Yep. Right now, like, that's the median. So I'm telling him this. And all of a sudden, you could just see tick, 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 tick. And he Mm. looks at me and he goes, 82. You don't have a lot of time. (laughs) My 10-year-old gave me all the motivation I needed in that moment. But like all good parents, you know what I did? Because, yes, I had a margarita. Also, dinner, I'm like, hey. You're right. I go, but nobody has a lot of time. I go, Michael, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want to do what Uncle Jimmy was telling about. So, so Uncle Jimmy's a friend Mm -hmm. who built high rises in Chicago. So, you know, Jimmy's taking him through, you know, pieces of dirt and building their buying and taking him into all these incredible skyscrapers he's building. And he's like, I want to do that. And I'm like, so, you know what you got to do, Michael, you got to start. And Trevor, from basically 11.30 until 1.30 in the morning, we were building sandcastle skyscrapers. And he's telling me, I'm going to live in the penthouse here with Mommy and Nova. That's our dog. And he's like, and you're going to live in the basement with Steven, right? Who's uh, asleep. Yeah. And Vader, his dog. And he's like, I'm like, are you going to lease these? Are you going to sell them? What are you going to do? And he's like, oh, no, Daddy, I'm going to sell them all. He's like, I'm going to sell this one for a bazillion trillion and this one for a <laughs> gillion, right? Like, just making up all these numbers. Well, yeah. we're in the middle of this, like, feverish, passionate moment And my very fiery Italian wife, I can see her coming down, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble, (laughs) right? I mean, Stephen's over here asleep. His feet are wet, right? Michael and I are, like, sand all over the place and going nuts. And she walks down, and she's like, what are you guys doing, right? And my son, with perfect timing, looks right at his mother and says, we're building sandcastle skyscrapers because we don't have any time. Oh,
1: man. Man. Mm. It's... Mm.
0: We all have moments in life that mm. whether it's a friend or a child or a mentor or a teacher or a moment that we just look in the mirror and we're like, mm, right? But that moment has been a reminder for me ever since that we are all running out of time. Mm. TikTok, TikTok, yeah. TikTok. Mm. We're all running out of time. So if you need motivation, listen to me. Here's the truth. You're going to die. That's the reality. What you should do right now is you should go to the Google death clock, mm-hmm. answer a couple of questions and then do what I've done for years is write the date of mm. your death, mm. put it on your arm. Now you may say that sounds morbid and horrible. No, it is a constant reminder to love my wife even yep. more, to work out and take care of my body, to contribute, to make a difference, to have fun, to not mm. always be working, but instead live a full life. Whoa. People like us don't need to be motivated. We need to be reminded mm. TikTok TikTok, TikTok. Mm. We're all running out of time, my friends. Dude, read the book tonight. Die with zero.
1: Amazing. Read amazing. the
0: book tonight. Die with zero, and you're gonna very quickly realize having climbing Picchu on your list when you're 75 is stupid. Dude. Do it next week.
1: Such That's a good the book. message. I, I, I was looking back at my at my bookshelf to find that book. Don't have the book, but look at this, guys. This is gonna gonna reinforce Tom's Tom's message. I've got I've got my thing here, got the yes. orange stand in it. And here's the thing, y'all. Here's the thing that I got I want you guys and gals to finish this with and take out of here. Is is we might have these goals, we might have these dreams that are a year out, five years out, ten years out. But every single every single year that we that we live in life, we for some reason think that that the time is infinite. Uh, and I want I want to remind you guys with this. We talked about it earlier in in the summit. One of our beloved, amazing, amazing employees here, one of our first Carrot customers ever, Um, one of my best friends, he comes to our Carrot events and he leads and teaches those. Adrian Nez passed away in October this last year from COVID. And that came out of nowhere, guys. he, He was literally planning for uh, his, his family moving into a new house that next month that they had, that they had picked up from a carrot lead on a flip. Uh, he had just gotten out with an amazing, amazing trip with his kids where uh, they're passionate about baseball cards, and he put them on an airplane. They flew up to Cleveland to, to go to a big baseball card convention. And him and I were talking about plans for next year and the year after. And the thing is, guys, uh, he didn't get to, have a, get to have a chance to have that. His, his kids don't have a chance to have that time with their dad. And so I want to make sure that everyone takes this to heart. Okay, and one of the biggest things is you guys are looking at the five three here that Tom had talked about as we close this out. Uh, I want you guys to take those five and three, and maybe one of the five is not related to business, or maybe it's all related to business. Buying back your time so that you can put it into the things that matter with your family, with your passions, with your impact that you want to make. And so, Tom, I so appreciate you, man, with that story and driving this home for people. And 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 guys, remember the deals, the leads, those are a those are a fuel and a vehicle to get somewhere specific. Those are not the yeah. end game. Those are the yeah. fuel to get somewhere specific, which is hopefully unlocking the freedom in life and making the impact that you want to make here uh, while you're here. Tom, dude, I appreciate you big time, man. Bringing your energy as you always do. Uh, helping us close us it, out strong. strong. Uh, where can people follow you? Uh, they can Google you, of course, but where can they yeah. follow you?
0: The the place where I spend a lot of time is Twitter, right? At Tom Ferry. Mm-hmm. And of course, on Instagram, at Tom Ferry. Uh, I do a lot of free Q&A, which yep. is just insane. Uh, And look, go to my YouTube channel. I think we're, I don't know, we're five, 600,000 views every single Mm -hmm. month because I'm putting out six original pieces of content every week, Mm. educational marketing 101. So, you know, good, good model for you. And I also interview a ton of really interesting people, investors, top team leaders, CEOs of companies, innovative marketeers. So yeah, check all that stuff out. But Trevor, I know we got to wrap. So I'm just gonna remind everybody. Awesome. let's go thank you man let's go. guys let's give
1: tom some, it, uh, some love in the chat box guys give tom some love tom appreciate you man have an amazing amazing rest thank of the you night guys. We'll talk soon all thank right bro you. see
0: you soon man take care guys